You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2400 Sports this is an audience company. and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Good morning, hockey fans. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. And don't forget, Kaylee and I have these awesome little mini-sodes that break down morning skate called Pucks and Bolts after skate. So be sure to do yourself a favor and download that Odyssey app. Hit that auto-download button to make it that much easier to have all episodes just sitting there waiting for you to listen to everything happening with your favorite hockey team. I'm Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it's time for us to get into another episode of Pucks and Bolts. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it has been a good time over here in Tampa. The lightning, you know, they pull out this big win on Saturday, the Bucks. Woo! They pull out a win. I think people in Tampa are waking up on this Monday morning and they are feeling themselves. Casey, I know I'm feeling myself. It is my birthday week. Uh I it's my birthday tomorrow. So <laughs> I am I'm pumped. I'm waking up. I'm refreshed. The teams are winning for you. It's almost like the 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 time the tides have turned just in time for a birthday. I can actually celebrate and be happy. Right? <laughs> People are going to look at you like, what are you so excited about? Well, there's plenty <laughs> to be excited about, finally. so There certainly is. Real victory weekend. Oh, it was a great weekend. Um, a lot of hockey. Some I can't say great football, but fo- a football win, if you oh, will. So, you. Exactly. So a lot of games. We had uh, Bolts on Saturday, and luckily that was a win. Bucks on Sunday, and luckily that was a win. And um, I can't complain other than the fact that my voice wants to give up on me. So Pucks and Bolts fans, if you hear me kind of fading out, you know what Kaylee and I do. We talk. We bring you a lot of information throughout the week. So here and there, we're just not going to have much of a voice. But other than that, I literally cannot complain. I'm excited to have one more game for the Lightning before I head off to Germany to do some football coverage. Um, Still keeping a pulse on what's going on over here, Lightning fans, so no concern. And Kaylee will be on the ground as well. Um, But yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. It's a good victory Monday. It feels like a good Monday for the first time in a while here. It certainly does. Yes. I feel awake, refreshed, (laughs) you know, just ready to go. Uh, and so let's do it. Let's get into the breakout. Uh, we will probably have a little bit more information as time goes on. The Lightning do practice today, and mm-hmm. then they'll have morning skate before their game with the Oilers on Tuesday. Um, but Casey, getting into some of the things that are going on with the Lightning, um, mm-hmm. it, it it's good to know that things are moving forward in a lot of different ways with this team um, and just wanted to get your thoughts on how things were shaping up with, you know, there was a period of time where we didn't see Victor Hedman Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, getting him a little bit reinserted. Uh, What are, what are your thoughts on, I guess there were about 10 games in or so um, on how the team has been performing Mm -hmm. 
so far this season and any news and notes that we want to get into. Absolutely. Well, I think all Bolts fans can relate when they say that there's been a big sigh of fresh air. That's me breathing, Bolts fans, because I'm right there with you. Um, you know, it, we all know that it was a bit of a slow start. Uh, Kaylee, from the beginning, though, you've said, hey, don't hit the panic button. I don't think most people hit the panic button. But the good news is that the trajectory that they're on right now, game by game, they're getting better. They're cleaning up certain areas where they need to. You're seeing the potential. And because hockey is just such a long season, I'd say that everything is timing perfectly. And this team is going to peak when it matters most. Um, the exciting part about it is that starting out the season, it was what? They were relying on the power play to get to get things done. Their even strength wasn't so hot. Then they kind of flipped the script there, and even strength has progressively gotten better. But a lot of that comes with that Cooper shuffle that Kaylee and I love to get into. And it seems like this last shuffle um, that they did at the tail end of the West Coast trip has has stuck, which has been fantastic. Um, so it's good to see five on five getting better. It's good to see these guys starting to find more chemistry, more rapport with one another. We talk about that a lot, but it's so important when it comes to hockey and those lines, because eventually it's reading each other, not, you know, looking up and taking that extra breath or that extra moment to try to make a play. Um, with that, Kaylee, there was a few little bang ups last week mm -hmm. um, when the guys went out to play and win versus San Jose. Uh, Victor Hedman got a pretty big hit laid on him and shook him up a little bit. Hedman being Hedman is going to try to play through anything possible. I think most of these guys at this point, that's easy to say. Um, so he did practice on Monday. He did do morning skate or I can't say practice. He was on the ice for practice Monday. He was on the ice for morning skate. And um, didn't really do much. And Coach mm -hmm. Cooper mentioned the fact that he was a lot more sore than they anticipated. So um, Hedman did miss Tuesday night's game. He also did miss Thursday night's game. And then he bounced back for the Buffalo Sabres. And in, it's Victor Hedman. It's like he didn't miss a beat. He came right back right. in, picking up where he left off, contributing. Um, the scary part, which I'm sure Kaylee's going to get more into later on, is that there was a little bit more um, – of a rhythm in the power play when Victor returned, but mm -hmm. without him there, that was kind of concerning. And you would think that that would have been a sore spot if there was a Stamkos out or a Kucherov out. So something else to keep in mind. Um, Thursday night, guys, Kaylee and I told you, Carolina, they're they're fast, they're fast, they're fast, they're physical. Um, they're just a real dominant team, if you will. And there's always that extra layer of tension between Carolina and Tampa Bay. Um, Nick Paul ended up going out in the end of the third period there. Um, we weren't too concerned of what it looked like, but luckily he, you know, he tried to skate the next morning. He didn't do much. He didn't participate much, but I think that was also a soreness management level because then he comes right back in on Saturday and does what Nick Paul does best, makes an impact, makes a difference on this team. So for the most part, it's just a few player injury updates. Um, the team is heading in the right direction. The mm -hmm. great part too, uh, Lightning fans is that, you can tell how much this team holds themselves accountable. And if you guys have ever heard Kaylee oh, and I chat man. over at Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, there's nothing we love more than, than a player, accountability, a coach, a team <laughs> that holds himself accountable. So um, some of the things that didn't go their way, I would say Thursday night, this team was somewhat in the dumps about, and you were almost surprised because you wanted to be happy for them in a way, but um, it wasn't enough for them. And if enough is not enough in the beginning of the season, if just getting by doesn't do it for them in the beginning of the season, it's exciting to see where this team's going to be January and April. And Casey, so along those lines, 
two things or a few different things off of that. Yeah, it, it was a little bit scary heading into Saturday's game because Cooper said that both Nick Paul and Victor Hedman were game time decisions. And mm -hmm. those are guys that have really been elevating their play. Um, and they're and they're really backbones of this team. Um, you know, when the Lightning re-signed Nick Paul, it was a really big deal. They really liked the way that he played. They really value him, and they consider him a core part of this team now. And Victor Hedman, obviously, he's a core part of this team. He's yeah. he's definitely the backbone on defense. Uh, so really good to see those guys get out. And actually, they both contributed very first thing um, because. Nick Paul gets that goal early, early on in the game against the Sabres and Victor Hedman was on the assist with him. So really great to see that they're healthy and that they're doing well. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of zooming out even bigger than that, you mentioned about this team holding themselves accountable and, and some frustrations. And so this is the first, uh, it, it's the easy way to get into the game against Carolina because you mentioned it, this team was not overly happy with their performance they lost in a shootout against Carolina and it was it was a back and forth game um for a lot of it so the Carolina comes out and they get things going early um but the second period which has been a struggle for the lightning at times yeah it, it wasn't that this time you have Ross Colton who comes out fairly early in the second period and adds a goal to tie things up on the power play. Then Nick Paul, an even strength goal with Steven Stamkos on the assist. So the Lightning take that lead. Very impressive. Very good mm -hmm. to see. Um, but then Carolina has a power play. And, you know, it, it's hard to get into a flow. The second period was probably the weirdest period because yeah. there was a lot of special teams going on. And it's just really hard to get into that five-on-five five game flow mm -hmm. when that happens um so then uh you know carolina comes back they score a power play goal to tie things up nikita kucherov comes back he scores a power play goal the lightning take the lead going into the third period and nikita kucherov scored that goal with just one minute left in the period so really exciting building off this momentum all you have to do in the third period is shut it down Contain, contain. And they had been so good on the power play, scoring uh, two power play goals in that game already. But in the third period on the power play, um, just a little bit of mishandling the puck and a, a little bit of sloppy play. Um, and there was, you know, Carolina was able to get the puck uh, and enter into the lightning zone and they got a shorthanded goal. Um, and that's never something that you wanted to see, uh, especially because the lightning had just let up a shorthanded goal mm -hmm. in their game um, out in California. And so, uh, or excuse me, in their game on Tuesday. So on Tuesday and Thursday, they let up shorthanded goals. That's frustrating for this team, especially considering the fact that then the game was tied. They went into overtime. Nothing was able to happen. And they went into a shootout. And Carolina ultimately got the two points. The Lightning didn't leave without any points. They still got a point. Mm -hmm. But Casey, that was just not good enough for them because they know that they should have been able to shut this team down. And they know especially that that shorthanded goal 
was was just not okay. Um, it, it, it's not something that you can allow, especially because it is just a little bit of mistaken play, mistaken behavior. But something like that is really difficult to practice. Some of the guys mm-hmm. talked about it after the fact, and they said, you know, you don't really go into the power play at, at practice and and really work on practicing five on four, five on three, uh, and and having you know the other team enter into your zone and 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 defend. Um, and so it's not something that is easy necessarily to practice to put into game time situations. Um, but it is something that the Lightning need to get better at and that they recognize that they need to get better at. And it's something that they don't want to do. And it, and it's kind of fueling their fire as they went into the weekend because they really did not appreciate that game. And something else um, that the Lightning said was that in those situations, this isn't an excuse, but it maybe gives some framework to mm-hmm. – how things happen in this in in this way the lightning have played a lot of really intense games the last three i mean i don't know if anybody knows it they have to love it at some point but the lightning have played more hockey than any other team has in the last three years going to the stanley cup finals every single year for the last three years winning two championships over the last three years this team has played very intense hockey, and they know how to turn it on. Mm-hmm. And Steven Stamkos did say that even while they try to take it game by game, there is a little bit of looking ahead. There there can be at times a little bit of, well, we really want to get into the playoffs. And so maybe you undermine or underestimate or you don't go out and play each power play, you know, uh, time, each two-minute session right? Like it is your last session because they know that it's not, they know that there's more season left. Um, and so that's just a mental thing that they acknowledged and said, Hey, because we've played in these really high intensity games over Mm -hmm. the last three years, we need to like refresh our mind and, and get into the right mind space to be able to take care of business. And I don't think that that's a bad thing to acknowledge that they did that because they're acknowledging it and now you can fix it. You can move forward and fix it. But Casey, you were in the locker room. And Mm -hmm. so um, you talked to some of these guys after that loss and, and talked to them and they weren't happy with no, (laughs) it was, you, you saw the frustration all over them. um, But if there's anything that we appreciated seeing emotion and again, accountability, if you will, and with it being so early in the season, it's definitely a good point for them to evaluate that properly, take responsibility for that now, and then adjust accordingly. And (coughs) excuse me, guys, of course, we kind of saw that translate as we get into the next game coming up in a little bit here. But after the fact, um, it's so interesting to me how games can be evaluated from so many different perspectives. And I think that's what I love, not only about sports, but especially hockey too, being such a fast paced game, because the way that I'm seeing the game, I know that the lightning struggle, whenever the other team opens the scoring first, they do Mm -hmm. best when they open the scoring. And then of course, Carolina got on the board first period, made them chase it all throughout the first period. They came out in the second and Rouse Colton responded, giving them, you know, hope, putting them back in the game, if you will. With that said, you know, the lightning were able to attain three goals in the second period and 
that should have been the spark, the momentum that got them over the finish line there. Aside from special teams, which they know is an issue, because when I looked at the numbers and actually, you know, watching the game and stuff, there was there were some big moments in those special teams, especially the penalty kill. I mean, yeah, shorthanded goals slap you a little bit harder in the face, but Carolina was only able able to collect one of six power play opportunities and then yeah. vice versa. The Bolts only got one out of five power play opportunities. So when I see something like that from a wider range of perspective, when we got down to the locker room, I was able to ask um, Vladimir Mesikov, I'm like, well, did you feel that like, there was any positive progressions in your game besides letting up a, a shorthanded goal? And he was like, yeah, there was moments, but they have to be able to string these moments together and have more success rather than have these these moments and then these gaps where the gaps turn out to be costly as well as timely. So for a minute there, I was like, crap, like, was that a terrible question? But you know, it wasn't because there were things to be proud of in it. The guys are putting their body on the line and everybody's getting involved. We've talked extensively about, you know, no Ryan McDonough. There was even stuff that Luke Shinden, and I know people are probably like, why do you keep bringing his name up? Because he was a significant player in, oh, in yes. pivotal moments, mm-hmm. applying to what he could do talent-wise and skill-wise, and it came up at the right time. So you don't have that specific muscle on the team, as we kind of all were concerned was going to happen when certain guys were no longer a part of the roster. Everybody's getting involved. I got a chance to ask Nick Paul as well as Eric Turnack about it, and they've made it a team affair. You have to be fearless. You have to want this for your team. You know, we know that Chernak leads the guys and hits on the team and he is more of that muscle defenseman. But he said, you know, I really just go out there thinking about what's the best decision I can make for my team on the ice. So he's not thinking about, oh, crap, this puck's coming at my face or my body or, you know, my kneecaps. He's thinking I got to do this for the guys. And that's translating because on another note, I got to ask Nick Paul before the West Coast tour, you know, does anybody inspire you on this team to be physical? Because Paul's a physical guy and he gets really chirpy out there when people start, you know, when things get tense and he tries to kind of antagonize those fights, he's not afraid of it. And he actually specifically said that not only Chernak is, is somebody that motivates him, but everybody on that team is motivated to put their body on the line. So there were still some good things that, you know, I thought I saw from a different perspective, but they hold themselves to such a high level. And I respect it so much that it wasn't enough. And outside of the special team struggles that they have been having or, you know, that they need to build off of, if you will. Um, it's the, it's defense. We've talked about this a good amount of times. And the only reason I hone in on, on defense with this one is because it was the turnovers in the D zone that were the most costly, um, not getting, good passing lanes going and Kaylee and I saw this in practice coach Cooper wanted them to work on having tighter motions and progressions up the ice uh, bolts allowed 55 shots against the canes they really did just get outshot if you will and they knew that that was a lack of defensive effort um, and them not communicating them not playing in a better formation but it's the turnovers I mean they had 13 giveaways to the Canes eight giveaways and majority of those were in the D zone something mm-hmm. else that disrupts a team's D zone face-offs they were doing so well building their percentage yep. on face-offs and then all of a sudden it started to decline I mean versus Carolina they were 38.2 percent to Carolina's 61.8 that's that's a little too significant to set up for any sort of success. And to make it worse, when you specifically look at where their face-offs are falling short, it's in the neutral zone. 
What's a big problem the Lightning have? Odd man rushes, containing yep. odd man rushes. When you lose faceoffs in the neutral zone, you're setting up the other team to get in a perfect odd man rush against you, which is going to just fluster your D zone. And we've got young guys back there. We've got people that are still trying to find their footing, build chemistry. The D pairings haven't shuffled up a lot. I think it's just them, you know, learning each other that much more. And there's not much depth there to shuffle it up any further. So that all plays into the fact that Lightning fans, not sure if anyone saw that there were some healthy scratches um, between Cal Foot and Myers there, but Coach Cooper had to make a tough decision because they were kind of involved in some of those major defensive turnovers. So between turnovers and faceoff percentage, they've got to kind of level up and have their game going across the board. They kind of get something going in one area. Great to see five on five doing better. Great to see some exciting things out of these lines. Um, but then now that needs to translate to power play and power play needs to translate to cleaning up defense and so on and so forth. So Carolina was one point. I think that that was still huge because Carolina is a dangerous team to play. You certainly are any time of the year. Um, but yeah, they weren't, they weren't having it Kaylee and there were still some standout guys There's yeah we still have to do cherry pickers for this game yes of course so uh casey my cherry picker is going to be ross colton we talked about wanting to see more out of ross colton out of ross boss um uh, the fact that he comes in there jeff halpern specifically said that the second power play unit is playing exceptional you don't mm -hmm. always expect your second power play unit to go out there and really score and the fact that the Bolts had two power play goals in that game against Carolina and Ross Colton amounted for one of them, uh, he has to be my cherry picker for this game. Why? Oh, there were other people who uh, um, I, I think played well, and I was and I was excited to see them play. Uh, I think I got to give it to Ross Colton because I called out his name and he stepped up to the plate. You called on him. Uh, Pucks and Bolts fans, if you guys have not realized that when Kaylee calls a player by his name, when she requires oh, him mean to something it but it translates somehow and yeah. it, it works out um kaylee's got some what do they call them nostradamus <laughs> you foresee you foresee yes. some things that need to come about there um for me i'm gonna i'm gonna take it to basic something i don't do very often i've got to give it to uh, andre vasilevsky first of all mm. it was his second career performance of 50 plus saves he had 52 Goodness. saves we all thought it was 53. They had to make an adjustment at the end of the game and send out new stat sheets. But either way, 52 saves on this Carolina team that was just attack, attack, attack. He yep. doesn't have the strongest defensive formation in front of him. So just imagine how much Vasilevsky was really just carrying. And nobody could say anything after that game. And I think what kind of took away from the one point at the moment was not only the special team situation, but also the fact that if it wasn't for Andre Vasilevsky, what was that score going to be? I mean, you can only say so much about the tremendous saves that he makes his ability yeah. to just stretch between the pipes. I mean, his vision, I would love to know if he wears contacts, what is his contact ratio? Can I get in on it? I, Think I have 2020 vision until I watch Vasilevsky play, and then all of a sudden, I have so many questions. So Andre Vasilevsky is it for me? Um, Vasi, he's a king, great and he's one of he's one, he is the best goalie in the league. I still stand by that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But we saw a different goalie on yes, Saturday as we get into the game against the Sabers. The Lightning took down the Sabers 
5-3 KC in a really action-packed game that kind of came down to the third period and really exciting hockey for all of the Lightning fans who are watching or in attendance there. Brian Elliott was in net for that game. This is his fourth start of the season, and he had 21 saves in that game. Um, so really good to see the fact that he was able to to, to get a, a start um, and continue to get some wins um, because the team hasn't always played as well in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, but Casey, as we get into this game against the Sabres, um, one of the people that I have to bring up who I was very impressed by, I kind of mentioned it earlier, right off the bat though, Nick Paul is feeling himself back yeah. to back games where he has a goal. And then, like I said, he was a, he was a game time decision. They weren't mm -hmm. sure if he was going to go. So the fact that he does get the go ahead, he goes out there. Very first thing goes out and scores even strength goal, Victor Hedman, Brandon Hagel on the assists with him. That was really great to see. And I just think that Nick Paul is feeling himself. I think that he's making his presence known on the ice. He's a guy oh, wow. that once he gets started, very similar to Alex Kalorn, once mm -hmm. they kind of get started, once they kind of get into the groove of things, shots do fall for them. And I expect shots to continue to fall for Nick Paul and, uh, you know, for Alex Kalorn for that matter. So kudos mm -hmm. to Nick Paul is, is kind of my first overall thought in this game, but Casey, there is someone else who also has to get some kudos scoring the game. Yeah. The game winning goal mm -hmm. His first NHL goal. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for him, especially because it was a couple episodes ago. Um, I wish I could remember specifically what game. We no, actually, no. It was after they played the Florida Panthers. And yep. that video started going all over the place of Perbix laying that hit on Kachuk. And yep. um, Kaylee, you mentioned catching up with Eric Erlinson and him talking to Perbix saying, I didn't even realize it was it was uh, Matthew Chuck. I just <laughs> laid the hit and got up and looked and realized, oh, crap. It's, oh, it's, it's him. <laughs> yeah. So what I love is the humility of this guy um, and maturity. And it's funny because I got to ask Coach Cooper about it after. And he was like, I think people forget that Perbix, he did the college route. You know, he's 24 yeah. years old. He's a mature guy. Um, he's older stuff, than Mikhail Sergachev even. Yeah. But he, but that's what, what's so fabulous about this sport because he actually credited Sergi um, when, when everyone was talking to him after the game about you know, collecting his first NHL goal. And he was like, I really appreciate Sergachev has always, you know, been there to let me know what's good, what's bad, what's a fix, how to fix it. Um, he's always been patient with me learning. He gave Sergey so much credit for just kind of guiding him into this system and helping him learn as much as possible so that he can contribute. And it shows. Um, but after we were talking about the hit, when we were talking about um, Eric Erlinson's comments and interview with him, I remember us also discussing the fact that he could be a key rising star, key rising defenseman on this mm. team to fill some of those gaps that they're, that they're feeling. Why so specifically? Because he's not afraid to hit, which is fantastic for a defenseman, but he's also 
all about pushing the puck forward and collecting those points. This guy got a point in every college game that he played. And I got a chance to ask Perbix after the game, you know, do you feel like that success that you were getting in Minnesota in college is starting to translate for you? Are you finding ways to translate that confidence from the player that was contributing a point every game that he was in to now in the NHL, you're hitting your, you're getting in passing lanes. Um, he helped create a few turnovers in the game. It was significant before he even collected that game winning goal. And he said, yeah, I mean, it's the NHL. Um, <laughs> he kept talking about the jumps of the NHL at one point. He was like, I feel he's like, I keep repeating myself, but yeah, it's the jumps of the NHL. He's like, but getting more settled in the system, having guys that, you know, have really taken me in to learn that's helping a lot too. And coach Cooper said that if there's nothing else to know about this kid, it's the fact that he's very intelligent. He is very smart. Not only has a great hockey IQ, but his ability to pick up on things quickly, read out there and contribute fast. We're seeing all of that out of Nick Perbix. So I feel like he's going to have some, hopefully longevity with this team, but we're just seeing him getting started and probably increasing his role. He started with about 12 minutes of ice time. Uh, now he's at about 16, a little over 16 minutes of ice time. So the more the team trusts him, the more that he's on the ice, I think he's going to continue to do good things. Yeah. And like you said, he plays like a veteran uh, maybe veteran is too strong of a word, but he plays like a seasoned defenseman for the NHL. Um, and, and a lot of that is credit to the fact that the way that he played in college is very similar to what they ask the defenseman to do here, which is to get up into the zone, which is to contribute, which is yep. to be a part and communicate and be really one solid unit. Mm -hmm. uh, so congratulations to Nick. Really great to see him. And Sergey actually is the one who handed him his uh his his puck uh yeah. so that was really cool to see as well so just really got to give some kudos and shout out to him there because he had a, a really awesome game and Casey one of the reasons that this team was able to be successful and and as we compare it to the previous game where they didn't they weren't overly pleased with their performance mm -hmm. um but it is the face-offs so it, they they sat just at 49 percent so just about 50 percent between the lightning and the save um in the face-offs um so they still let maybe the the sabers get a little too many specifically on the power play the lightning were one for three on the power play in face-offs so that's only 33 percent but shorthanded on the penalty kill the lightning were four for four on face-offs so that was really really great to see uh considering what the lightning were able to do. They did get a, a power play goal. They were able to score on one of the two power play uh, goals and, but they did allow a power play goal as well um, for the Sabres um, in terms of takeaways and giveaways a little bit, even the lightning had five more takeaways than Buffalo had. So that was really good to see. And something that I, I do want to point out is also defensively the lightning are not afraid to put their bodies in position. They know that they don't have Ryan McDonough on this team anymore. Um, and so they had 17 blocked shots to Buffalo's 10. And then even when you look at the game against Carolina, the Lightning had 22 blocked shots to Carolina's just 11. So mm -hmm. that's really good to see that this Lightning team, overall, they're really putting their bodies in position to block shots. They're really helping out their goalies in that, in that capacity. Uh, still need a little bit more from the defense, um, like we talked about from last game. But mm -hmm. this game, they really did shine. The defense had 
uh, again, you look at Nick Perbix, and I, and I think that we talked about this before, Casey, when the defense is able to get in with the offense, when they're able to press forward, that's when this defense is able to shine, when they're all playing as a unit together. So that was really, really great to see that the Lightning were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that's when, they're- when the team comes together the most, I feel exactly. like. And um, it just it just helps alleviate everybody from what's what it was. I wish I was remembering games right now, guys. Specifically towards the end of regular season last year, you see that when defense does get that much more involved and helps offensively, people are kind of alleviated to perform or tap into their skill set a little bit more. Um, and so the more involved defense is, the more that guys like Nikita Kucherov can get free and make an impact. Brandon Hagel, now that he's stepping into his confidence, can get free and make an impact. Nick Paul, I mean, come on. What else can we say yeah. about Nick Paul? Um, but then even, you know, Kalorn, Alex Kalorn has been building performance-wise game by game after getting that monkey off his back that we've talked about. Ross Colton, he's getting more involved. I think for Colton, it's just the setup there. But again, depending on how defense can alleviate then guys like that can get free and really just start to to tap into their skill set and get more shots up there so you're 100 right other thing though kaylee i'm not yes. sure if because we've talked so much about the fact that you know this team they were giving up leads in the third period then the struggles have kind of been in the second period um but now it's the fact that this team is making comebacks in the third period that was something that stood out to me especially on Saturday night, um, you mentioned face-offs and some positives there where they really started to pull together in the face-off circle was in the third period because the first period, it was 43% to Sabres, 57%. Second period was terrible, 40% to the Sabres, 60% success. And then third period, they come out on top, 58% to the Sabres, 42%. But that just ties back into what I noted earlier, majority they had no successful plays or face-offs in the neutral zone. Mm. And that through that's where I nerded out and was like, but what's going on here in the neutral zone? And yeah. if those sway in favor of a team, you know, as said before, that draws opposing teams, allows gaps, allows them to stretch the ice. And then before you know it, in two seconds of the blink of an eye, you're in an odd man rush. And this team hates odd man rushes. So it was a positive to see how they were able to pull things together in the third period. Um, if there's one other thing that was said a lot after the game, it was the fact that they didn't give up. They continue to stay in it. They can, they kept trying to find their game and apply their game because versus Carolina, they were in no sort of structure whatsoever. Um, I didn't get a chance to hopefully at practice today, I'll be able to ask coach Cooper. I kind of want to hear his answer or I need somebody to paint a picture for me of what that balance is between a sense of urgency and settling the puck for your structure. Because in some moments you saw this great sense of urgency from the guys versus Carolina and in moments versus Buffalo. But then you also see that there's just too much of a scattering of the puck going on and it's not great passing. They're not setting up any sort of plays. There's no structure going on. It's just these constant back downs, these speeds of pressuring forward. And then you recognize that that might be the other way that the opponent can play, but that's not the way that the bolts can successfully play. So I'm dying to know um, what that, what that sweet spot is sense of urgency and settling the puck and, and creating your structure within a fast teams play Um, And hopefully I'll get a chance to ask that, which reminds me, we haven't had a chance to really ask Pucks and Bolts fans. Guys, if you have questions, 
for your favorite players, for coaches, for morning skate, for practice, because there's a lot that goes on in hockey that Kaylee and I have to go to. Please be sure to let us know at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Uh, we'll be happy to ask those questions and get that inside information for you guys. Um, but yeah, Kaylee, I was just, I was so fascinated by the yeah. face-off stuff and you're hundred percent right about defense getting that much more involved. Yeah. It, and it was great to see. And Casey, uh, this will be my final point before maybe we, we get into cherry pickers and then the storm watch, of course, and we've got to do Kaylee's corner Casey's keys. So still a little bit to get to, but Casey, this top line, they yeah. are also feeling themselves. Brandon Hagel, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, they combined for nine points in the Lightning's comeback win. So really, really impressed with this line, really impressed with the way that they play. Um, and the fact that they're able to really go in there and, and, and get things going. We talked about at the very beginning – this line, when they were first put together, we saw them gelling, but it wasn't necessarily going towards goals and assists, and it, it wasn't translating offensively just yet. But you and I both said, stay patient. This is going to happen. We see something in this line. We promise you. And it showed up, and it's been showing up. Um, so, Casey, that's my final point is, you know, the fact that Brandon Hagel – you know, he's, I mean, the third period is essentially owned by this line. Yes, Nick Perbix yeah. got that goal, but Nikita Kucherov and Brandon Hagel were on the assist. Nikita right. Kucherov gets the empty net goal. Well, who's on the assist? Braden Point. Brandon Hagel gets his third period goal to tie the game. Who's on the assist? It's Nikita Kucherov. It's really, really this top line that owned and took over in the third period and said, we are not losing this game. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need out of your top line. You need your top line to go in there and to really show up. And they did. Um, it's tremendous to watch them yeah. play. I mean, they, which, I mean, you, like you said, that's what your first line should be there. That, oh. that, that executing line and um, Hagel alone versus Buffalo. He had his one goal to assist three points, but got a plus three. So there was successful offensive movement every time Hagel was on the ice. And it was cool because I feel like Hagel's kind of running out of responses to people when they're like, well, now how's it feel to be a part of this organization? And now how's your footing coming along? So I think he summed it up pretty nicely after the game by saying, you know, when he first got in here, he was trying to not only learn the structure, but learn the guys. And he got in late to the season. And some people, you know, they kind of shuffled him around a bit too. So it was mm -hmm. finding that sweet spot between Pilat and some of the other guys being here. He was never going to get that opportunity. So now he's got a chance to really settle in and not be too concerned about another line change coming about or having to get reacclimated. Now he's learning from Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. And he specifically said, Nikita Kucherov, that guy's insane. And Braden Point, nobody skates like him. But what I love that Hagel said is um, somebody asked him about the difference, again, between Chicago and here. And he's like, I've played with about six Hall of Famers. And he kind of sat back and digested that for a second. And he's like, yeah. I could definitely say I've learned something from each and every one of them that I don't take for granted. And he's already learning so much on this line. So coming in with the ability to learn and apply so quickly, working with unique rhythmic people like Nikita Kucherov. And when Braden Point gets pissed, he's probably one of the most exciting players to watch because he's just one of those guys that's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm just going to throw everybody on my back for a couple seconds and dance between every defender on the ice here and, you know, try to get shots on goal. So 
now I feel like he's getting such a unique feed off of these guys because he's creating his moments. He doesn't give up. He's so relentless in front of the net. He's a dangerous guy there because the minute that a goalie, and it's happened four times so far this season, guys, the minute that a goalie thinks that they've cleared a shot from Brandon Hagel, uh-uh, he's still right there to try to get that shot back in. And that's what two of his goals have been this season. So phenomenal to see that line coming together. Um, such an such an energized unit, and then Nikita Kucherov. We can always give him praise. He officially has six goals, um, fourteen assists, twenty points, and has put up an average of forty-one shots on goal. So, when Nikita Kucherov gets hot, if he's not in that assist column, he's going to be in that scoring column, and it's going to be very dangerous for other teams here. So, no better way to get into uh, some cherry pickers. Again, yeah, I love we have to do it. <laughs> Mine, while I just sung the praises of the top line, and I think that they really were the people who won this game for the Lightning in a lot of ways, mine's going to be Nick Paul. Again, just the fact that this is his second game where he's you know had back-to-back goals, uh, coming off that injury, game-time decision, starting things off for the Lightning in the right way by getting that goal first for the Bolts. Really love to see it uh, and, and really um, – happy for him. He's had six points over the last five games. So this guy is on a streak. Casey, he is skate very, very well. I know. I just, I enjoy watching him skate. I can't say it enough. I think he's terrifying when you're a goalie to see him coming at you. Um, And it's, it's cool to see anybody that's got, that, that doesn't mind getting a little chippy. He tried to provoke a few guys on the ice on Saturday and it was for the entertainment of, uh, of the fans as well as himself. This is a tough one because, of course, I want to say, you know, Nick Perbix, um, big fan of his development so yeah. far. But then, you know, you, you said it so perfectly. Everyone on this top line is contributing and doing major things. Um, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a, of a weird route here. I'm going to go with Mikhail Sergachev. Okay. For a couple of reasons. As, a, as, a, as an overhead here, he's – Still led with time on ice on Saturday with the return of Victor Hedman. Uh, 24 minutes and, and some seconds there that he had time on ice. And he was a big orchestrator in that defense. So while mm. he wasn't applying pressure offensively, he was helping uh, create a structure for the defense back there. He also came up with a few big block shots. I mean, there was multiple times you see him flying, throwing his whole body on the ice to block the shots, to break up the opportunity that the Sabres were trying to score on. So just to see how he can pivot and become the best offensive defenseman or defensive defenseman for this team, I think is huge. And I got a chance to talk to him in the locker room and he just said that he wants every part of his game to be strong and he takes the extra time to practice that and focus on it. So, you know, he got a goal this past week, he got multiple assists and he played a huge defensive role, I would say on Saturday and for his time on ice to maintain the highest, that just shows that coach Cooper sees it in him and you can tell how bad he wants it. You can tell how much he wants to be more of a leader on this team. And I think it showed when the opportunity was presented to him. So I got to go with, 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 with Sergey here. Mikhail Sergeyev is my cherry picker. I love it. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. And the fact that Pervix was talking about how, how much he's helped him, it makes total sense. And so Casey, now, as we put the games behind us, we have to look forward into storm watch and, uh, I'm going to start things off for us with a little bit of a Kaylee's corner. If that is okay. 
Uh, so as I was looking at the Oilers and what they bring to the table, I noticed special teams. And we talked about at the beginning special teams and the Lightning allowing these shorthanded goals and and how that's something that they want to fix and, and really move forward on. And it's something that they do have to be careful for with the Oilers because on the power play, the or excuse me, on the penalty kill, the Oilers actually have two goals. But something that it plays into the Lightning's favor is that the Oilers sit at one of the worst penalty kill units in the NHL. They're fourth and allowed goals for the penalty kill. They have allowed 14 goals so far through their 12 games. So that is something that the Lightning can take advantage of. The Lightning penalty kill as a, as, as a comparison have only allowed eight goals in their 12 games. And that ranks 18th, excuse me, 17th in the NHL. So this Oilers penalty kill is definitely a team that you can go and score on. Mm -hmm. But Casey, that's not the last of it because the Oilers power play ranks the highest in the NHL. They have 15 goals in their 12 games. So while defensively on the penalty kill, they have allowed a lot of goals offensively on the power play. They have also scored the most goals of anyone in the NHL with 15. The lightning sit just behind them at fourth in the NHL with 12 goals. This Oilers team on the power play, they have allowed just one shorthanded goal. The Lightning have allowed three shorthanded goals, as we know. So special teams is likely going to be very, very big in this game. And this is a very, I mean, it's the best panel, uh, power play unit so far in the NHL. So what does this penalty kill unit for the Lightning need to do? They have to hold things together. They really need to work on what they're doing. They need to win faceoffs, just like we talked about in their game against the Oilers. They were four for four on pe- uh, penalty kill faceoffs. You have to do that, especially when you're taking on the Oilers. You do not want to give them the puck in your zone. That's going to be a really, really big key going into this game. So. Haley's Corner is all about special teams and the fact that this Oilers team is the best at power play, but they're one of the worst at penalty kills. The Lightning need to take advantage. They need to really hunker down their penalty kill unit and defend against this very good power play unit. On the power play unit, the Lightning need to take advantage of the fact that the Oilers are not all that good and they really need to get some goals in there. Yeah. And I would say play a very disciplined game because on top of the amount of special team opportunities that will probably present themselves, uh, you do have those key guys that are going to try to cause penalties, get under your skin, piss you off. And we know who the reactive players are on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. Um, But yeah, so it's going to be a lot of discipline. This is also another high shooting team. Um, the high shooting team that they just played, they kept in there with uh, when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes. But 
they weren't able to create a structure. They weren't able to simplify the game when they were going against um, somebody so that or a team that was able to put up so many points. And the Oilers are right there with that, which takes us into some problematic players. Now, just to put something in perspective, Lightning fans for this problematic players uh, breakdown out of 46 goals, the top five players, there's five players on the Oilers team that have contributed 35 of them which just tells you the high register that these guys have the ability to do there's no talking about the Edmonton Oilers without talking about Connor McDavid oh 12 goals 13 assists 25 points plus two and 47 shots on goal but there's one guy that has more shots on goal than Connor McDavid it's Evander Kane Left wing of Vander Kane. Now he only has five goals, seven assists, 12 points, but he's got plus four, which means he's constantly involved in, in creating those offensive opportunity for his team. And he's got 48 shots. So a couple things when it comes to Evander Kane, he's probably going to be my key point here because not only is he the kind of guy that's not afraid to take shots, um, he kind of gets in those corners there. He he makes those sniper shots. He comes from such angles that are going to be hard for a defense that's still trying to find their way in these pairings to defend, then he also has that antagonistic element to his game. He's a fighter. He loves to be physical. He's got 16 minutes in the penalty box so far this season. So he's somebody who's going to fluster you, try to get in your head, get you out of your structure, while also taking advantage of any mistake that you make on the ice. Those passing lanes have got to be crisp and clean versus this team because between Connor McDavid's speed, skill set, and him being who he is in this league and Evander Kane, something else to keep in mind when it comes to Evander Kane is he contributed to the Oilers the minute that he got to this team. Their playoff run and the end of their regular season when no one knew, you know, was Kane going to have a team? I think he came in feeling like he had to prove that just that much more and the chemistry struck immediately for him with this team. So he's a really dangerous player to have out there, especially to be equally as physical as he does contribute offensively and so on and so forth. And he's coming off of a bounce back season for having not played for majority of the NHL season last year. So uh, top two guys, Connor McDavid got to contain the speed Evander Kane got to can't get reeled into the mental game. Can't get reeled into the antagonistic behavior. And, um, Kaylee, unless you had somebody, there's one other person that I think is it's crucial for this team to pay attention to, and it's on the defense. It's Dar- Darnell Nurse, 14 minutes in the penalty box, but it's not just his penalty minutes. It's that odd man rush that I've talked about this entire Pucks and Bolts segment, and he is a big contributing factor as an offensive defenseman. Darnell Nurse, Darnell Nurse excuse me, is – a guy that plays up. He's also a big body. So he knows how to box guys out in, in wayward positions on the ice. And sometimes when this team is kind of having that man in the mirror moment and looking at another offensive defenseman that can play equally as good as they do, um, it's a struggle for them. Brent Burns being another guy that they just faced that, that applied some pressure and caused some trouble. So Darnell Nurse is probably my, my last one to just throw in there really quickly. Casey, another guy that we really have to look at is Leon Dreisaitl. He actually has the second most points in the NHL behind Connor McDavid. Uh, 23 points for this guy. So he has, he's more of an assists guy. He has seven goals, 16 assists. So he's also a really dangerous guy on this Oilers team. 
Um, and just the fact that he he's able to get up there. Uh, he plays with Kane. He's that center right there, usually. Um, so he's also going to be a dangerous guy as we look to take on the Oilers. Uh, and Casey, that gets us into the keys because there's going to be a few things that this team needs to keep in mind as they take on Edmonton. Yes. Casey's keys. First key that I have is building off of the offensive defenseman benefit. The more defense can play up, the more opportunity for the lightning to increase some odd man rushes and fluster the other team. They're seeing that confidence out of Nick Perbick, seeing the maturity in that hockey IQ that we talked about earlier. He can start getting into to, you know, being more of an offensive defenseman player clearly and contribute. Also, we know what Mikhail Sergachev can do. Sergey mentioned in the locker room after practice last week, he likes to get goals. He likes to also contribute offensively. He thinks that that's been a bit, an element to his game since he started in the league or his identity as a hockey player as a whole. So you've already got two guys there. We know what Victor Hedman can do. Um, we know sometimes Eric Turnock comes up with those long shots from the blue line. So that offensive defenseman, multiple of them need to step up versus this Oilers team. That's my first key. My second key is don't allow the high volume shooting teams to break your simple structure. We saw it happen with Carolina. We've seen it happen in other games. And then the difference here is that they don't have, there was still a decent amount of penalties obviously versus Carolina, but again, between nurse between Kane and a few other guys, they're going to try to purposely cause this game to be a lot of special teams. And if that happens, special teams hasn't been the strong suit and that'll be an issue. They've got to find that balance between a sense of urgency and settling the puck and maintaining their structure. So I need to see a lot of discipline hockey out of these guys versus the Oilers. That's key two for me. And then key three, we keep it nice and easy. Uh, special teams, it's got to clean up on, on all ends there. And some of those dramatic turnovers obviously came on penalty kills and power plays, power play, especially if you're going to give up a shorthanded goal. So minimize those turnovers and get into a better rhythm when it comes to special teams. They have to put every unit of this game together and Oilers are going to give them a nice little test there. So those are Casey's keys heading into this Edmonton Oilers game. The Lightning get to host another one before a quick little road trip. So it's been nice to have this home game stretch. A lot of hockey in Tampa Bay, the hockey town, right, Keely? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Pucks and Bolts is the podcast for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the hockey town that it is here in Tampa Bay. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, you can find Pucks and Bolts wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google Play. But I'm going to tell you guys the best place to go for the podcast. It's going to be Odyssey, the app. So download the Odyssey app, download Pucks and Bolts, and turn on that auto download button. So as soon as there is a new podcast, it is rolling straight into your phone, into your earbuds. We have new episodes multiple times a week. So be sure again to turn on that auto download button. So anytime we have a new episode or mini sewed, you have all of the information because Casey and I are at these games. We're at these practices. Uh, we're at morning skate. We're talking to these guys and we 
have all of the information to bring to you. Speaking of that, again, be sure to follow us at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. That is where you can find some of our after skates and plus some exclusive videos and other content that we have. So again, follow us at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at The Sports Case. That's K-A-S-E. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 